turn with me to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. I had actually planned on being in Acts 21 this morning and kind of give you a rundown of how, uh, how my week has been going. Uh, yeah, I read through the passage numerous times. I was in Acts 21, and I'm thinking, okay, we've covered you know, Paul's first journey. We've covered you know, Paul heading to Jerusalem and, and talking to, to the, uh, uh, the, the church council there. Uh, we've covered his second missionary journey. Uh, we've covered his third missionary journey and the, you know, the beginnings of that. And I felt like we covered everything pretty well. And I'm thinking, okay, well, let's jump to 21. We're going to be in chapter 21, and, and we'll go from there. And Paul's on his way back after his third missionary journey, and he's on his way back to Jerusalem. And I thought, well, so I read through chapter 21. My typical routine is on Mondays to read through the passage that I'll be preaching on the following week and uh, just to, to marinate on it, to think about it, meditate, and, and just uh, spend some time in prayer about it. And as the Lord leads, you know, begin to write down some, some thoughts. Uh, so I like to get my outline, at least, you know, a mental structure of the passage on Monday. Think about it throughout the week. Uh, by Thursday, um, the sermon should be fully developed, finished by Thursday, usually by lunch, finished. Uh, that's my typical process. But as we have seen this morning, today, and the rest of the previous week has not been a typical uh, week. Uh, this week was a little different. I read through the passage on Monday, no outline. Nothing was clear I'm, you know, for me to just go, this is it. This is, Lord, this is where you're leading us. So I got up Tuesday, read it again, no outline, nothing. I'm like, I've read this before. Why, why isn't there something you know, just jumping out to me? Wednesday, Thursday, ah, it's supposed to be done by Thursdays. <laughs> yeah. And here we are Thursday, sat down Friday. My first prayer, so when I sat down Friday, I said, what am I missing, God? What am I missing? I've read through chapter 21 so many times this week. I'm, I'm, what am I missing? And I, like I said, I thought I had covered all the major events. I'm thinking about his first missionary journey, the church council, second, third missionary journey, all of those things. I thought, well, it's time to talk about Paul and, and going to Jerusalem. You know, Friday morning, I was way behind schedule, way behind sermon should be finished don't have it so I went back I thought if I'm missing something it's going to be somewhere between chapter 18 and 21 because that's 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 that gap that's where I'm thinking I've, I've covered the content you know I'm thinking there's something there so I went back again and the thought I, I you know I'll find my uh, I, I went through and, and I finally found this passage and I was like Okay, this is it. This is the passage. It just jumped out. I'm like, this is the passage. Uh, it's from, you know, Acts 20. When I was reading through it, I'm going, okay, God, this is what you're, this is where you were leading me. And then my first thought was, which is a good thing, Lord, because I've got an old sermon on this. <laughs> that was, I, it was just, you know, just me, and I'm thinking, hey, I'm already behind schedule. I've got an old sermon in the, um, in the files, and I'll pull that one out, and I'm right back on schedule, Lord, so we're good. And I did my search, and I was like, oh, not only is it an old, old sermon, I don't have it saved on the cloud. It's on the external hard drive that I have in storage, so I don't even, don't even have access to that. I knew, I, I knew it. I knew the passage well. And God said, I want you to now think about that passage like you do on Mondays. And I said, but Lord, it's, it's Friday. <laughs> the old saying goes, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. <laughs> 
And uh, Lord, I, I, I need something now. So I woke up, get this, woke up Saturday morning, and I was like, okay, God, I get it. And when I woke up, I literally, I got up out of bed, got going, and Cheryl was like, what, what are you doing? I said, I know the outline. I said, I woke up, and I said, I've got, I've got the outline. I know what it is. Um, my sermon prep process itself was part of the Holy Spirit's guidance in helping me understand the message better. And she was like, what do you, what do you mean? I said, well, you'll hear it Sunday. <sighs> so, anyway, let's jump in. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at this passage, and I, I think you're going to see why the Lord delayed and, you know, and, and redirected me, and redirected me back uh, to chapter 20. So I believe this morning's message uh, and I know I say this a lot, I, but I, I, I know that it's true. It has the potential to really help us become better prepared for worship gatherings. And I think that that's what the Lord was teaching me. Is and, and I think that we, we can we can learn something from this. So here's what we're going to do. It's just it's actually just a few short verses from Acts chapter 20, uh, verses 7 through 12. And let's look at the events here. Acts chapter 20, verse 7. Uh, follow me. Now, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. And in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep, and as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down, fell on him, and embracing him said, Do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. Now when he had come up, he had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till daybreak, he departed. And they brought the young man in alive, and they were not a little comforted. Now let's pause there. That's our focal passage for this morning, and I want you to notice a couple things. Let me tell you why this passage stood out among all the other verses. As I'm, I'm going, you know, I'm reading through 21, read through it number, numerous times, and God says, you're missing something, so I'm going back and I'm looking at it. Why did this one stand out? What was it that made this stand out among the chapters 18, 19, and 20? Well, Luke, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, does something to cause the reader to slow down. He literally uses a, a technique in writing that will cause you as a reader to slow down. And I want you to hear the change in pace. I want you to hear it. So I'm going to, here's what I want to do. I want you to listen to verses 1 through 6, and then listen to it, and, and, and then we're going to compare it to the passage that we just read. So this is just the six verses right before it. After the uproar had ceased, Paul called the disciple to himself, embraced them, and departed to go to Macedonia. Now when he had gone over that region and encouraged them with many words, he came to Greece and stayed three months. When the Jews plotted against him as he was about to sail to Syria, he decided to return through Macedonia. And Sopater of Berea accompanied him to Asia. And Aristarchus and Secundus of the Thessalonians and Gaius of Derbe and Timothy and Tychicus and Trophimus of Asia. These men going ahead waited for us at Troas, but we sailed away from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and in five days joined them at Troas, where we stayed seven days. 
Now, here's what I want you to notice. In, in those six verses, Macedonia, Greece, Philippi, all, all, these, all these different places, right? I mean, it's just, it's boom, boom, boom. We were there, and he even's like, we were there three months. But, and then he just moves right on. He doesn't even tell us anything that happened during that three months. He was like, we were there for three months. Boom, and then it's on to the next place. And then what happens with the pacing? You know, he goes, hey, we were here, we were here, we were here. Now listen, listen again. Verse 7, now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. And in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus. Do you hear how, as a writer, what, you know, the, the change in pace? You hear that? I mean, it's like city, 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 city. We did, the, we witnessed here, witnessed here. This was going good. This was challenging. Then narrowed in. Not only narrowed in, it was like, it was a Sunday night. It was approaching midnight. We were in an upper room. It was a warm, warm evening because there was, the room was packed. Everybody had their candles lit. The lamps were lit. There was even a young boy sitting in a window. The pacing did what? Caused us to slow down as readers and, and focus in on a particular narrative. Well, three things that I think can help us this morning from those, from those short verses. And this was the first thing that the Lord was teaching me. Key point number one, slow down and notice the room. Slow down and notice the room. Isn't it interesting? <laughs> I still get here this morning and just, you know, uh, running, running, running. And the Lord, you know, the Lord's message is, hey, slow down. Notice the room. Look around. There's people. Look around. Recognize the people that's here. Slow down. What Luke does is Luke slows the reader down, begins to describe the environment. He didn't, he didn't do that with other locations. You know, he didn't do that with Greece, even though they were there for three months. He doesn't slow down to give us any type of details about any of those places. They were in Troas for seven days, and then Luke slows down to focus on that one night, the very last night that they were there, the first day of the week, Sunday. And it was, the, as it was their last night in Troas, Paul was preaching, and he was preaching until midnight. Now look at verse 8. This is where he really puts on the brakes. There were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered or where we were gathered together. By the way, that pronoun there has some challenges. Some of, some of your translations might say we, some say they. We've talked about pronouns in previous weeks and the importance uh, here. And um, the way Luke is writing is clearly he was there. So I think the better translation is going to say we because if he was not there, how does he know that there were so many lamps in the room? How does he know that, you know, that's the, that's the environment? Apart from, obviously, the Holy Spirit uh, could inspire him, but it certainly makes sense that Luke would have been there. But here's what I want you to notice. When you're on a journey, when you're, when you're traveling, and we've had so many, and maybe you've been traveling this summer as well, but when you're on a journey, there's moments when you travel pretty fast, right? You want to just get from point A to point B, and you want to get there. And then there's moments when you slow down, and you want to take notice of the surroundings. Uh, Cheryl and I, we had a trip this summer. Uh, we had uh, 
a guy that I had made a custom uh, piece for, uh, for out of wood. I, I, you know, he paid commissioned me to make a piece for him to display uh, one of his collector's items. And I drove it to, uh, to North Dakota. So Cheryl and I took that time to uh, last month to enjoy some of the scenery and go and you know, do some sightseeing along the way. And as we were going through South Dakota, um, when I was on the interstate, by the way, the speed limit was 85. Uh, speed limit was 85. And man, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed uh, you know, being able to go 85. And at one point, uh, I saw some state troopers sitting on the side of the road, and they were clocking people coming through. And here I look down, I'm doing 85. And I was like, I, I wanted to wave at them. Like, I'm doing 85, and, you know, and it's okay. And uh, so I saw, I saw all that happen. It, it really was kind of strange to be doing 85 and then looking at state troopers letting you just go right on by. Bizarre thing. But there were, there were parts of South Dakota that you didn't want to drive 85. You wanted to slow down. Some places you didn't just want to slow down, you wanted to stop. So we stopped in Sturgis. You know, it's one of the stops that we made along the way. Sturgis is like famous for like a biker's rally once a year, actually coming up soon in August. You know, all these, I'm glad, I'm glad it wasn't going on while we were going through there. Uh, but uh, we drove through Sturgis and just kind of a fascinating little town. Uh, and then we stopped at Mount Rushmore, made that stop, go to look at Mount Rushmore. It's fascinating. Uh, but that was you know, that's something that you, 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 don't, you don't just slow down and pass by. You stop. You look at it. Uh, we stopped at Wall Drug Store. I know that sounds crazy, but if you're in South Dakota, you know you know. Uh, you know, so we stopped at Wall Drug Store, and I would recommend it. Crazy thing. If you do a Yelp review, 100% recommendation. Craziest thing ever. But, yes, I would even recommend you stop at Wall Drug Store in South Dakota. And then we drove to the, the Badlands. We drove through. This is where you just slow down. You slow down. You kind of you're still making progress, and you're you're but you're looking at things. You see the prairie dogs, and you see the the buffalo, and you see this crazy landscape, and you're just driving through it, but you're going at a much slower pace. Well, here's what I want us to consider. Why, why is Luke, why is Luke pumping the brakes? Why is he slowing down? And then and then this strange question. Why is he even telling us about lamps in the upper room? Does that not seem strange to you? I mean, I mean, he's gone through, you know, Macedonia, Greece, and all these different places. And then he was like, by the way, we were in Troas. We were there the last time. There were a ton of lamps in the room. That just struck me as odd. Like, why, why is that important? Well, I believe he's slowing us down as a reader to help us to better focus on what's about to happen. So the question is, do you slow down on Sundays for worship? Do you slow down on Sundays for worship? There are times that we're going to, listen, there's times that it's necessary we're going to go 85 miles an hour, and we're going to, boom, we're going to, we just got to get from here to here, we got to get there, and, but then there's key moments, there's key moments in our week that we need to do what? Slow down and notice the room. Slow down and notice the room. Worship is one of those moments. The Sunday mornings, that's one of those moments. When we gather together, this is one of those moments that it's like, all right, if you've been going 85 miles an hour all week long, this is one of those moments that you just slow down, stop, notice the room, 
and enjoy the moment. Enjoy being there for the moment. There's something special about it to notice the room. Appreciate the people in the room. Look around. Notice the room. Notice the people there. You know, I just uh, jokingly went by and patted the patted the dad on the back <laughs> and went right past him to, to his baby. <laughs> I said, get used to that. <laughs> and, uh, but we, we need to notice the room, right? We need to notice the room. Appreciate the people. Because if we're not intentional, here's what we can do. We can drive right through worship at 85 miles an hour and be right on to the next thing and not even get this not even see the main attraction, which is Jesus. We can. We can just be so busy doing our stuff, going straight on through, going as fast as we can, but unless somebody says, hey, all right, let's pop the brakes a little, let's slow down a little bit. We're going from, you know, all these different cities, and we've been, you know, so, you know, Greece, Macedonia, all this stuff, and then what does he do? He literally uses a literary form to slow the reader down forces you as a reader to slow down and pay attention to what's taking place in the room I told you about my sermon prep this week so I woke up Saturday morning and the Holy Spirit said to me I needed to slow down your sermon process so you would see key point number one slow down slow down look closer and that's what the Holy Spirit did why did not why why wasn't I making progress with 21 why was I I'm going through chapter 21 and I'm going to I'm, because I was going too fast and the Spirit said listen you're going at 85 miles an hour slow down because you drove right past something that I wanted you to see and I want you to go back and I want you to find it but you'll need to slow down and literally, as I'm reading through it, when the narrative began to slow down, that's how I knew. I was like, that's it, God. You're slowing me down, and you have used a literary technique to slow the reader down. And in so doing, you have revealed key point number one. We need to slow down. We need to slow down our pace. Because if we don't, we're going to miss the main attraction. So, now that we've slowed down, what does Luke do? Luke introduces the reader to a young man named Eutychus, a teenager. A teenager who fell asleep during church. How funny is that? Uh, I thought, my goodness, I wonder how many times as a, as a boy I, I fell asleep in church. Maybe the lesson is don't fall asleep in church. You could die. Maybe, that's, maybe that was the lesson. Uh, that'll wake you up, right? Uh, that's a possibility. But before we give Eutychus such a hard time about falling asleep, because that's the, that's the thing, right? It's like, hey, not, not fall asleep. I can remember, I don't know how old I was. Um, I'm sure I was disruptive, but I was, I was, you know, maybe five, six or something like that. And I was probably, probably making noise, probably being disruptive during church. And, you know, my mom pinched me. You ever been pinched in church? And uh, my mom pinched me and I yelled out, what did you pinch me for? And, of course, then the whole congregation erupts in laughter, which probably made things even worse. But you know what? 
when I think about this, we're, we can give Eutychus a hard time for falling asleep, but I want us to consider some of the details that we can observe. Consider, first of all, uh, the scripture tells us he was a young man. The, the term there young, that's translated young man tells us he was probably a teenager, probably a young teenager at that. And if we know anything about teenage boys, they need their sleep, right? Uh, in fact, the younger they are, the more sleep that they need, right? And uh, they're very young babies, sleep, 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 sleep. And when, and when they're not sleeping, you're supposed to be sleeping, and they won't let you sleep. And uh, so it's, uh, it's an interesting thing about, uh, you know, so you get to this point, teenagers, uh, they need their sleep. But before we give them a hard time, not only is a young man that needs his sleep, it's midnight. What are you supposed to be? You're supposed to be sleeping at midnight, but they're, they're in a worship service, so it's midnight. Now, not only that, Paul had already been talking for hours. Now, I am sure Paul is an interesting guy to listen to, but let's face it, you know, uh, the mind can only endure what the seat can, can handle, you know, and uh, what the seat can endure. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that there comes a point where it's like, ah, but Paul has been talking for hours. Luke tells us, the room was crowded. Lots of people there. If you're in a small upper room and there's a lot of people, what does that mean? Oh, body heat just means it's probably not just crowded, but it's probably stuffy and it's warm and it's midnight. What would you naturally do when it starts getting warm? You're going to get tired, drowsy, right? Not only that, not only is the room crowded, not only is there a lot of people there, but there were a lot of lamps that were burning. In other words, they have oil lamps, they have heat, and those things are going to be putting off heat on top of that. So the, the room undoubtedly was quite warm. And uh, so what does Eutychus do? Eutychus is sitting in a window. Now, this is probably the coolest spot in the room. He probably was like, I'm about to fall asleep. I need to sit somewhere where I can at least get some fresh air and try to stay awake. But then what else do we notice? That he was overcome by sleep. Well, what does that overcome? What does that, what does that suggest? It suggests that he was trying to stay awake, but what? He was overcome. Why? Because Paul kept talking on and on and on and on. So all of those things in mind, you can see the environment. You know, what, what Luke has done, he slowed us down. He said, I want you to notice the room. But I want you to do this too. Slow down yourself. Slow down yourself. When it's time to worship, slow down and notice the ring. 